Well, it's a good Sunday, and uh, I guess today marks 17 years of being in this building, or in this room, is that right, Pastor Ronnie? 17 years to the day? Uh, yay, 17 years. Okay, just wondering if you heard that. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Um, at least I think, anyway. Uh, today we're going to continue our series uh, called out, and... Um, and uh, we, we have one gathering today, uh, uh, mainly to give the children's ministry a reprieve for what they're going to be mounting tonight. And so that's why we have one gathering. But would you guys stand with me this morning? We're going to get into our scripture uh, that we've been reading out of from the book of Romans. <clears throat> so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life you're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out in you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Father, and I thank you that you are developing well-formed maturity inside us, God. I thank you, Lord, that the power that we have to do anything in our lives comes from your Holy Spirit. I ask, Lord, that you would help us today to hear clearly the vision that you have for this house, Father God, that you would help us to understand the calling, Father God, and that we would be chasing after the who much more than we would be chasing after the what. Lord, help us today, God. We receive from you today. Our, our hands are wide open. Our hearts are open. Our ears are open, Lord. Help us today in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So today we're going to look at a, a very important area that all of us should be connected to, and that is the area of outreach. It's the area of outreach. And um, historically, Springhouse has been committed to giving both local and globally uh, to, to outreach. Uh, in fact, over the last 10 years, we've given almost $1.4 million to outreach initiatives. And, uh, and so we have been historically committed uh, to, out, to, to, to funding outreach and, and, and making our outreach a part of what we do here at Springhouse, what we're called to do. And, um, and it's, it's really great. It's really wonderful to be in a position to be able, be able to give. But I, I want us to kind of look at this and, and answer the question, what is outreach really? What is outreach really? The word outreach, the actual word outreach, appears in the Bible exactly zero times. The concept is there, but the word is, isn't isn't, isn't present. Uh, and so I went uh, on some churches, various churches' websites. I just want to see, you know, what is their definition of, of outreach? And here are some of the things that I found. Outreach is being the hands and feet of Jesus. Outreach ministry is the practice of looking beyond yourself to the people around you and sharing the love of Christ as you serve and connect with your community. Outreach is the word we use to summarize everything we do to help God's kingdom become a reality here on earth. 
Church outreach is means to introduce people in the community to the church by making them aware of God's love for them. Outreach ministry is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to everyone we meet through personal witnessing and the sharing of the word of God. All of those definitions are great. They're, they're one, and they're actually, all of them are definitions I can get behind and I could support and, 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 and see. And a lot of these definitions and the places that these particular churches are coming from actually uh, have, uh, the, the definition is a derivative from, from this scripture, uh, Matthew 28, 19. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you've, you've heard this verse before, and you've also probably uh, understand that they call it the Great Commission. We call it the Great Commission because Jesus tells us here to go and make disciples, Jesus says, go and make disciples. This is and should be our priority. As a believer, as a Christian, this is and, and should be a, pro, a priority. Disciple means follower. And the greatest and best way to disciple someone is to be in relationship with them, is to be in relationship with them. I believe that Christians are and should be motive-driven. If I say I love you and I know that I've got the answer to the hell that you're living in, my motive in loving you is to introduce you to the one who can save your life. My motive in loving you is to introduce you to the one who can do something about the hell that you're living in. And I say motive-driven because the motive is right and pure because in that I've got everything to lose and you've got everything to gain. When you are motive-driven to love someone for the cause of Christ, it is 0% about you and 100% about him. It's 100% about him. And once you've been introduced to Jesus, once you experience his, his transformative power and love, everything you do from that point on should be about pointing other people to him, pointing other people to Jesus. I believe that outreach is about pointing people to Jesus. Outreach is about pointing people to Jesus. What's your investment in outreach? What's your investment in outreach? We tend to have tunnel vision when it comes to outreach because we live in a world of reactive giving. We live in a world of reactive giving. When we are presented with a problem or a need, we react to it. And a lot of times we react to it by throwing money at it. And we say, okay, here's some money. And then we get to close our eyes, our hearts, our lives to it. And we get to walk away because we threw some money at it and we can be done with it. Reactionary giving empowers us to move on with a guilt-free conscience. So we think we're changing lives one dollar at a time. Now, don't get me wrong. Money is a powerful tool. It's a powerful tool that can be and should be used in areas of outreach. But randomly throwing money at a need doesn't change people. Changing people's lives is the job of the Holy Spirit. Changing people's lives is the job of the Holy Spirit. Our role is to do what he tells us to do. Our job is to listen 
and to respond and to obey the Holy Spirit. Now, I remember when uh, I was first went on a mission trip here at, uh, it was Smyrna Assembly at the time. And uh, many of you all know me. I'm, you know, I'm probably, I'm designed and, and wired a bit more for creative arts and those types of things. And I went on this mission trip and they pulled us in a room and said, okay, what we're going to be doing this week is you're going to be building a house. <laughs> and I said, what? I have clearly missed the call on my, on my life at this moment because <laughs> you do not want me to build a house. And they said, we're going to build a house. You're going you're gonna to build a house for, for, the, for, these, for these people. And I got terrified because the people, not only, not only were we building a house, but the people around me were excited about building this house. I had no idea what it was to even swing a hammer, let alone start building a house. And I didn't know, and I didn't want to be embarrassed. And I got, I got a little bit terrified. So I, I stepped back. And I'm so glad to have uh, Richard Jacobs in there with us who came up to me and kind of knew me well enough to know this probably is not part of Kevin's, you know, gifting. And, uh, and he came up to me and he gave me another assignment. And he told me, I want you to go work with those kids over there this week. And while we're building this house, I want you to minister to them. And I want you to talk with them. And I had a really great time. But I came back off of that mission trip feeling as if I had missed it. And also that I was not called to go on the mission field at all. Because when you go on the mission field, you build a house. That's what you do. And so many years later, when I was in practice and in habit of hearing the Holy Spirit's voice, I felt like the Lord said, I want you to take the young adults on a mission trip. And I said, no. I do, Lord, I, that is not what you're asking me to do. You must be calling someone else to go on the mission field. I don't want to go. I can't go because I can't build a house. I can't build a house. And so he came to me, the Lord came to me again. I want you to go on a mission trip. I want you to go on a mission trip. And I said, no, not going on a mission trip. <laughs> Finally, I gave in. It was one of the best, most transformative experiences of my life because I learned that God can use the gifting he has given you to change people's lives on the mission field. We went with a team who had dentists, who had, we had a creative team who did, uh, did shows, did art, worked with kids. We did, we, there was some building, some building projects, things like that. And I was immersed in this world that I felt like I had been missing out on because I was fully lever. I was able to 0% about Kevin, 100% about him. And I was able to give and tap into everything. In fact, there was a school there and they needed teacher training. <laughs> Go figure. And so everything that I had been equipped and trained to do, I was able to use on the mission field. Now, we have had something said from the platform. I've said, I've been guilty of saying this, that has, has been this, delayed obedience is disobedience. Is that true? In some instances, it is. In some instances, it is. Because when the Lord tells you to do something, you need to do it now. When I tell my kid, I, you need to clean your room. When Hadassah go clean your room, it's not next Tuesday. It's right then, right? Okay. 
But sometimes when we just say it's disobedience, we can close the door to understanding that we still have the obligation to walk in obedience to what he's asking us to do. Even if it takes time to get there, the right choice is still to respond with obedience. Think of Jonah. Got in a fishy situation. Thank you. But ended up, but ended up following the Lord and doing what he's supposed to do, right? Our role is to do what the Holy Spirit tells us to do. Pastor Bruce Coble was the missions pastor here for more than two decades. I mean, he's, he was here for a while. Man who I believe hears clearly from the Lord. And we were sitting down and, you know, one of the times, this is when I was in the middle of, of you know, now it went from, I'm not going to a mission trip to where can I go? There's, there's so much out there. What can I do? And I'm like, Bruce, what, how do you know? There's needs everywhere. You, you can go, you don't have to go very far to find a need. In fact, you probably don't have to leave this room. Okay. And so I'm like, Bruce, what, how do you, how do you, where do you go to, 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 how do you know? And he said to, he told me this story. He said, Kevin, I want you to imagine there's been a catastrophe. And the Holy Spirit has come to you and said, I want you to take a bottle of water to a little girl who's about a mile away. And so you pick up the bottle of water and you start walking toward this girl. And on the way, you look over to the right and there is a guy and his arm has been blown off. And he is yelling and screaming, looking straight at your eyes saying, come help me. Bruce said, what do you do? Do you help the guy or do you obey the Lord? The answer is you obey the Lord. And we can get distracted by the needs around us. We can get distracted by our need to feel like we need to help. And we can abandon what the Lord's told us to do and miss it altogether. Our church has been responsible for sending $1.4 million over the last 10 years to missions and to outreach. But if the Holy Spirit hasn't told us to do it, it's nothing. It's nothing. Our responsibility is to do what the Holy Spirit tells us to do. There's needs all around us. And it's important that we are responding to what he's calling us to do. We have to trust that the Lord knows what he is doing. Money, talents, gifts are just the tools that he gives us. And the Holy Spirit will use those to allow us to be in meaningful relationships so that we can point other people to Jesus. So what is Springhouse called to do with regard to outreach? When the transition took place between Pastor Ronnie and me, I felt like I had such clear direction on where we were going with children's ministry, youth ministry, worship arts. I mean, I, I, I had direction. I did not have direction on the area of outreach. And a little bit um, petrified by that because, I mean, everybody's looking to me to be the vo voice piece of the direction. I started to look for where are we supposed to go? What are we supposed to do? And so I started to pursue the what as opposed to the who. Even so much so, I shut the staff down for a day and we got in a van and we all went downtown Nashville and we fed the poor because I felt like if we, if we were out there together in the middle of the trenches of feeding the poor, the Lord would download something in that moment. And it was a great time. And we, we, we talked to some people, we fed, you know, we fed some people, uh, we drove 
a little faster than we probably should have down some roads. I mean, it was, it was, you know, it was an interesting, wonderful time, but there was nothing that was imparted to any of us from the Lord. And I just started to go to the Lord. I'm like, Lord, I don't know what, I, I, you've given me clear direction on everything. I don't see it here. And I remember it was one evening, I was sitting, I was at my house and he just downloaded Everything else that he had given me direction on were things that we had already had, that were th- things that were not left, big left turns. If you look at our children's ministry, youth ministry, all of the other ministries in our church, everything has just evolved into the next step that God has for those various ministries. And so in the area of outreach, you know, I was out chasing things that we had never touched or never been a part of. And the Lord told me, the outreach is being given to you as a gift and you are standing right in the middle of it every Sunday. I believe that Springhouse Outreach is the arts ministry here at, here at the church. Our outreach ministry is the arts ministry here at the church. Over the course of the last, since 2007, we have sold 86,000 plus tickets to come see our shows that we do as a theater. That doesn't count black box, doesn't count the people working in the foyer, it doesn't count the thousands of people who are involved in the cast, in the building of the sets, greeters, none of that, just ticket sales for the main stage plays over the last, since 2007. And as I got that number from Rhonda yesterday, the Lord quickened in my spirit. He said, Kevin, what have you done with the 86,000 opportunities you've been given? If our job is to point people to Jesus, we've got to be in proximity to do so. This place has been paid off. This is a gift that we have been given to steward. And it is one of the things that we are able to do that draws people to, we don't even have to get in a bus and go downtown Nashville. People come to us in this place. And it is a place where every single person can plug into, but you say, I don't act. I don't, I don't, I don't sing. I don't dance. Do you know how to hand out a program and smile and hold a door? Do you know how to hand a, a bottle of water? Maybe you've got some construction back. Do you know how to build a, build a set? And arts is not only limited to the theater. There are creative arts such as visual art, photography, dance. One of the first things I told the elders that the Lord put on my heart, which is so, so the Lord, it would be the first thing and it would be the last thing that my fuzzy, you know, was I think that we're supposed to, we are supposed to be releasing songs and music from this house for worship that goes global. I truly believe that in my heart. That's outreach. That's a part of outreach. So it's not so much about the what, that's the what, but has everything to do with the how. I've asked Pastor Ronnie to come this morning and share a little bit about the history of how the arts started here at Springhouse and what makes it different for us than it does in other places that it's done. Would you welcome Pastor Ronnie? Uh, 
let's see, where do I want to start with this? Um, back in uh, the late 60s, uh, 69, as a matter of fact, uh, I began running from the Lord. Uh, actually, I was running from the church, but I, I, I figured I was running from the Lord. And uh, for the next six years, uh, I, I was running. And during that time, I ended up getting a degree in theater from Middle Tennessee, uh, something I would never have done if I had I not been running from the Lord because good Christian boys didn't get, and girls didn't get involved in anything like that. And then in 75, I came back to the Lord, and uh, the first thing in my mind was, I got to get out of this place. Yeah, I, I, I'd got to quit doing theater because I knew, I knew what the place was, was like. Um, and that was not the Lord's, um, that was not the Lord. That was, that was, that was my flesh. That was my idea. And so the Lord actually kept me in it for about two more years. And, um, several things happened. Uh, one, because I stayed there, uh, I ended up meeting Margaret and he put us together and we ended up getting married. Uh, but another thing that happened is I had probably eight or 10 friends who came to the Lord and got saved. People that I met in the theater that I would not have known had I not been involved with them and that if I had left, would not have come to the Lord. Then in uh, 77, he released me, I guess you could say. And actually, I kind of felt like, well, that chapter is closed. Uh, Goodbye. Now I can now I can really uh, serve the Lord. And for the next twenty years, really, it was it was pretty much laid down. When we came here in '88, uh, there was no intention whatsoever of, hey, let's let's put a theater in our church. I've got an idea. Uh, we'll do that. But. Uh, you know, we did children's plays and we did, you know, skits and, you know, an Easter show or a play or a Christmas play, that kind of thing. But, uh, but nothing else. And then uh, I think it was 77, Arwen, you may know the exact year. Uh, my kids wanted, my, my two older kids wanted, now that they weren't children anymore and couldn't do the children's plays, we would like to do a play. And uh, the Lord gave me an idea for a play. And uh, I know it was him because it just kind of flowed out and wrote this, wrote this place called Long Road Home. It was sort of a, an updated version of uh, the, uh, uh, the prodigal son. Uh, the youngest, uh, the, it's a family in, in uh, Greenville, Green, Greenville, Mississippi. And the youngest son had a rock and roll band that he put together and he took his, uh, took his inheritance and moved the band to Nashville to try and make it and ended up in the, in the pigsty and, you know, came back. You, you, you know the story. It was a really good play. <laughs> it, it won the Sammy Award that year, which is an award that I just made up uh, to honor uh, Sam Ridley uh, for the best play written in Smyrna. <laughs> In 1977, Sammy Award. 97. 97. 97. Yeah, true fact. True fact. 97. <laughs> and that ended up, you know, it ended up being a pretty cool thing. And, and then, uh, you know, but it still wasn't, oh, let's start a theater. But the Lord started sending people. And uh, 
I, I remember when I, the, the first family I, that was probably the Parkers, Mike and Paula Parker, and, and, and their gang, and they were all into theater. And then the Berryessas, uh, Ron and Teresa Berryessa, and, and their kids, and they were all into theater. And the next thing I knew, you know, we had a, we were, we were doing legitimate plays. Not Sammy Award winners, but legitimate <laughs> plays. And, uh, you know, and, and he had previously sent the Petersons, and, and Claudia had started a dance ministry. And one of the things that I discovered is if you have a dance ministry, you've got enough people upset that they're kind of relieved when you're just doing plays and theater <laughs> stuff. So we kind of snuck that in there, those of you who remember that. Uh, yeah. Um, and we, we, we started doing some plays over in the old theater. We didn't really do a season until we moved in here because over there, if you were by, behind the second row, you couldn't, the, the actors disappeared as they sat down. And so we, I didn't want people to come and have a bad experience. So if we're going to do this, you know, let's do it right and build something. Um, so anyway, we, we moved in here and, and we started this. And I've always felt like the, what we're supposed to be about, and I'm not just talking about theater, I'm not just talking about uh, this church, but I'm talking about as believers, what we're supposed to be about is kingdom, yeah. kingdom focus. God didn't call me, he didn't call any pastor really to build a church. He calls us to advance the kingdom. Yeah. That's, that's what it's about. And... Um, so when we, started, when we started doing a place, two things. One, the, uh, uh, obviously there are 86,000 people, I guess. Uh, some people may have, bought, may have come to see a play more than once, but, you know, a, a, lot, a lot of people w- would come in, and many of them would be people who uh, weren't in church. And, and Maybe they had been in church, but they kind of went, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to go to a service. Let me say this before I forget it, because Kevin said, can you open the door? Can you hand out a playbill? Do you have a neighbor yeah. who maybe doesn't have a relationship with Jesus and isn't going to come to a service when you invite them, but who might come see music, man? They might come see a Christmas carol. They might come see something like that. And, and we've had a number of people who've come in here and realized that the building wasn't going to fall down. This wasn't a scary place. And who've eventually gone, you know, maybe, maybe I ought to go and, and check out what they have to say when they're having a service. And probably, and I hope, even more who've gone, you know, I used to go to a church. And I don't know if I'd feel comfortable in this one, but maybe I ought to go one of my favorite stories about what uh, of things that have happened here. There was a, an older couple who pastored a church in Smyrna uh, when we first came to town here. And uh, I, I don't know what happened. Uh, I have no inside knowledge of the story, but somehow they weren't pastoring the church anymore. It was still going on, but they weren't there. And uh, not long after we moved into this building, uh, the lady, I didn't know the couple, but I knew the name, so I knew who she was. Uh, the lady came, and she and her husband had, had built a small building over on Rock Springs Road. It's just past the, uh, the campground there on the right. 
built a small building. They were going to start a church. And they needed, uh, they needed some folding chairs to start the church. And they wanted to borrow some folding chairs. So we didn't have any folding chairs to lend, but we did have some, uh, some older folding chairs that we just gave to them. And I said, you know, we're doing a play. I don't remember which one it was. It was obviously one of the early ones. But I said, we're doing a play. You know, if you and your husband would like to come, I'll, I'll, I'll comp you. I'll, I'll get you in. And uh, she said, well, you know, I think we might like to do that. Kind of shocked me. I mean, you know, they were Baptists. Uh, <laughs> but uh, kind of shocked me. But she, she and her husband came. And they brought their son with them. Now, their son was in his 30s, and he had, he had been um, walking with the Lord, but for the last several years, and I don't know if it had anything to do with, with them losing the church or not, but for the last several years, he not only hadn't been in the church, he wasn't walking with the Lord either. And uh, they came, they saw the show, and then I saw her about a month later, and she said, you know, best thing, our son came to that play, and the next, the, I think they came on Saturday night, that Sunday, he came to church with us. And he's now leading worship and helping us start the church. I went, yes! Yeah. Yes! Yeah, I, I have people come and, and gotten involved in shows and come to know the Lord? Uh, yes! Do they all come to this church? No. How many of them? I don't know. I don't know. We, we're so hung up on numbers and we're so hung up on instant gratification. Look, this is the long game. That's what this is. This is the long game. Uh, whoever controls the arts controls the culture. The, the church has kind of bought into the lie that if you control politics, you control the culture. Politics ain't got anything to do with the culture. Whoever controls the arts controls the culture. And if people are brought into a situation where they understand it's okay, it's okay to not be someone who can build a house. It's okay to not be someone who can do some other thing. It's okay to use what God has put into you and gifted you with and what you feel is pleasure when you do. That's okay. That's, what, that's how he's created you. I just want to, I, I want to say one other thing. It was very difficult for a lot of people to understand the vision. Whenever we first started, you know, I, I heard a lot of pastors, I mean, you know, you missed, they wanted us to do church plays. And, you know, maybe at the end of the play, you need to get up and, you know, give an invitation or something. Uh, that's not our audience. Jesus came and he said, I have not called, I have not come to call the healthy to repentance. I've come to call the sick. It's not the healthy who need a doctor. It's the sick. And so our target, our audience is out there. And that's what outreach is. And God has uniquely positioned us and given us the ability to have them come to us we just need to love them. And some of them live next door to you. And if you just go, hey, we're doing a play. Would you like to come? I'll buy your ticket. You know, and if you can't afford your ticket, then, you know, go, go catch a fish and pull two coins out of its mouth. <laughs> or something, you know, and, and, and bring them. 
So anyway, I don't know. I, I could talk about this for a long time, but I think I've talked enough. God bless you. Pastor Kevin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I don't like the plays. It's not about you. It's not about you, right? We have had a weary work day forever on the fourth Saturday of the month with a very small percentage of participation. I don't like working out weary. It's not about you. It's about being a part of something that the Holy Spirit has called us to. And this is what he has called Springhouse Church to be. Now, this is a Megillah because... 86,000 tickets uh, and, and, and growing mounting shows. But theater is just a piece of the pie. I mentioned all of those other arts, camps, children's theater, children's camp. I mean, there's so much. We have so much opportunity here. And the Lord has so graciously given us this facility to steward, resources to steward in a great way. We have to have a leader to lead this out. And we have one. God has supplied somebody uh, at Springhouse, who I believe was specifically designed and were uh, wired for such a time as this. And so starting on January 1st, 2022, our new outreach arts pastor will be Will Severe. Come on up. Hey, Springhouse, I'm extremely humbled to be called to step into this role. And I must tell you that uh, I know I've been prepared for this. Um, as, the, as the door opened, uh, there was a lot of shock at first and unsurety on my side. And I'm so grateful to Pastor Kevin and to Pastor Barbie for speaking into my life. And, uh, and as I accept the ministry that God's placed before us, uh, I'm so thrilled about the opportunities that are ahead of us. You know, when your kingdom, when you're part of the kingdom, and when you seek the kingdom first, the ministries of the Lord, you're to hold like this. It's his. Yeah. It's not ours. If you hold on to what you're a part of and you grip it, you're not leaving room for the Holy Spirit to work. And, uh, and as I submit myself to what God has, uh, the opportunities are, uh, are really opening up. and. Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of it. I do have a couple of things to say. Uh, I am extremely humbled. I'm also not going anywhere. I, I'm going to be part of all of the ministries as I can be uh, here at the church, including the worship music uh, ministry as the new person allows. And I'm, I am, uh, I'm going to remain plugged in in so many different areas. Our family is home here. Uh, we're here to stay. This is, this is our home, and, and we're, we're thrilled to be a part of it. Um, Many of you know that the, the calling of my life has been uh, to share the light of Jesus Christ within the realm of uh, worship music and in theater. And for the first time in a long time, I really feel like that the Holy Spirit is leading me <laughs> to strengthen my pegs and lengthen my cords to really open up and say, God, what are you doing here? What can, what can we do? And uh, I think that's powerful. I want to take a moment. And, uh, some of you may not know, I know the staff does. Uh, back in 2016, when um, 
when the Lord placed the call, really, when Ronnie asked me to come uh, here to Springhouse, I asked Pastor Wayne Berry to disciple me, to take me under his wing, to, to teach me, to counsel me. And uh, I actually thought it was going to be for a season, Pastor, and uh, I'm so grateful for your counsel because it continues to this day. And I think that's important. Uh, all of us, all of us require that in our lives. Um, and you guys, you guys know I'm, I'm quite experienced in quite a few of the areas of the arts, but there's so many areas when I'm, where I'm not so experienced. And uh, I do believe that God is, has placed me in this place uh, for this reason, and, uh, and also that there are going to be ones that are to come. And there's those of you in this room that may not even realize that you're going to be a part of this, and it's beautiful. Um, this... This was prayerfully considered. This is not something that's been done on a whim. This has been uh, many, many months in the making, uh, both in what God has laid on my heart and then uh, separately what God laid on Pastor Kevin and Pastor Barbie's hearts. And then uh, I didn't even realize it at first, but they were, this, they were on the same page. And uh, that has been a beautiful thing. I want to share a couple of things. You know, uh, theater has been a very powerful and important part of my life. I see it as kingdom building. I see it as kingdom seeking. Uh, you know, in the beginning, God created. And when you create something beautiful and you place it out into the world, uh, you are responding in the image of God and, uh, and praising him with that. And I, uh, I love that. As recently as Music Man, there was a, a man who was involved in that show who told me, you know, there's something that you guys have here at Springhouse that's a community that's different than any of the other theaters. I said, yeah, yeah, I know. It's, it's, um, it's community building. It's kingdom seeking. My, um, the best testimony I can tell about what God has done with me in the arts is, um, is while I was in theater full-time, um, I suddenly had, I had multiple opportunities to do shows here uh, at the church, but I was finally able to work it out where I could, I could do a show here. And uh, I met Pastor Ronnie and, uh, and Kevin and, uh, and so many others in that show. And it, uh, it was so refreshing and encouraging and powerful. And it, uh, it was, it was life-changing for me. And uh, I know that that's, I'm not the only one. I know there's others in this room where uh, being impacted within the theater uh, has been powerful for you and it has uh, helped change your life by the power of the Holy Spirit working through us. And I can attest that doing theater and making music and creating performance art and releasing beauty into the world are some of the most rewarding things that we can do in this life. And uh, I'm grateful to be a part of it. And it is, it is in these ways that I have chosen to share the love of Jesus Christ with others. And I'm grateful to be a part of it. Thank you. Yeah. So you might say, okay, so Will's going to be the arts outreach pastor. So does that mean there's a vacancy in our worship pastor? God leaves no stone unturned. God always provides where there is a need, and he's raising up people in this house, beginning in, and let me say this before I, before I make this announcement. One of, the, one of the 
and this isn't all the time, but one of the things you can grab a hold of in, in, have, in having peace when there's a transition to somebody in leadership, especially when it comes in the context of the church, I believe, is you shouldn't look and see somebody be appointed and everybody go, what? <laughs> right? It should be a moment of, of course. So I'm sure that it will come of no surprise that the Lord has raised up Jonathan Grisham to be our new worship pastor here at Springhouse in in January. Now, at the beginning of January, we are going to have a time to pray over our leadership. We're going to have a few other, uh, I I hope and believe, some other staffing things that we're going to announce that are real exciting and things like that. But that's not what today's about. Today is about understanding that you can be and you are a part of something that's much bigger than you. It's much bigger than us. This isn't about growing Springhouse. This is about advancing the kingdom, as Pastor Ronnie said. And you're a part of it. And there is a role that you can play, every single one of you. So I want to obliterate the question, why do they have a theater in that church? That is no more. It's a part of our DNA and it's what God has called us to. And we're gonna use it as a vehicle to point people to Jesus. Now, what about other opportunities for outreach? We're gonna continue to help those who are in need. We're gonna continue to support missionaries around the globe. We're gonna continue to look for opportunities like we did back at the, uh, the family uh, retreat whenever we're in a, in, in a situation where we have this waitress who says, hey, you know, I'm working two jobs to, and the Holy Spirit says, give to her. I want us to be a hilariously generous church and we will be as we continue to put our ear to the ground, listening to the Holy Spirit and what he wants for our church. Tonight, Fall Fest, it's an outreach opportunity. Can you hand out candy to kids? Like Pastor Ronnie said, do you have a neighbor? Can you invite them to come tonight? We just want an opportunity to get them in our presence so they can see something different. They can encounter a smile a hello, and say, man, there was something about that interaction that might ask them and keep them begging for more. More of what? More of us? No. More of Jesus. More of Jesus. Yes? Yes. Can we go there? Are we good? One last thing. Worship team, come on back out. One last thing. Uh, Several months ago, um, I made an announcement uh, as we were opening one of the series uh, and I made an announcement about a man who took his life in our parking lot. You remember that? And, uh, and throughout, some, throughout those months, I've been interacting and uh, touching base and continuing to, to be in, in touch with, with the family. Uh, and Mark was his name, and he had a son named Cadence. And uh, Cadence is five. And uh, we wanted to offer an opportunity to be able to give to Cadence. Uh, and so we've worked some things out and there's a, a specific account that has been established for Cadence uh, that he'll have access to when he's 18. And so if you feel led, the Holy Spirit is telling you, not just because it's a whim and an opportunity, because the Holy Spirit is telling you uh, to give, that opportunity is gonna be available in the back. There's gonna be some baskets on your way out. Uh, I encourage you to, 
to respond if the Holy Spirit's telling you to do that, every penny will go to Cadence and, 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 that, and that family and it will be a blessing to them. Let's stand. We're gonna close out with this song and uh, I think it's an appropriate way to close tonight. I sure do love you guys. This is a, a fun, wonderful, adventurous journey to be on with this church. And we're gonna continue to see what the Lord does. Amen? Amen. Let's worship.